Welcome to Healing the Spirit, a space where we awaken our creativity, deepen our connections, and remember who we are through the lens of astrology, archetypes, and art making. I'm your host, Jonathan Coe. everyone. Welcome to Healing the Spirit. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm going to be sharing with you some of my contemplations, my reflections, and my insights for the week of December 4th, 2023. And um, as always, I welcome you to co-create a space with me where you really get to validate and feel into your own information here. Whatever sensations are coming up in your body, whatever emotions, whatever intuitive insights you're receiving, these are the things that you're really supposed to be working with. So pay attention to those as you are listening to me share about this. Before we get into the astrology and some of my contemplations that I want to share with you, I want to share an announcement, which is that I am releasing a new offering called The Year Behind Reading. And the year behind reading is sort of the uh, sister to what we commonly see within the astrology community, which is the year ahead reading, right? Very often we use astrology as well as divination tools to look ahead. And I think this is great, obviously, because um, I create these contemplations. You know, these contemplations and these episodes are for you to... um, look ahead. You know, usually we use these tools to preemptively anticipate something, uh, to prepare our energetic bodies for what's to come. And also, one of the ways in which I have found um, a lot of meaning, a lot of support, a lot of really profound um, processes is where I orient towards creating spaces where I get to use these tools, astrology, uh, divination tools, to honor everything that has passed, right? To let go of the plot lines that have ended, to give myself permission to look back at everything and then to say goodbye to them, you know, to really uh, give them the proper closure that they uh, deserve, I'm personally deep in this process myself. I am currently doing a lot of internal work to wrap this year up. 2023 for me has been really massive, as I know is the case for a lot of you. And so the other day when I was in the shower, I had this idea of like, oh, I can also not just facilitate this process for myself, but to also hold space for others who may want to do this process, you know, of of closing the year, right? And so I have opened a limited number of spots. I have 10 spots exactly for this year behind reading for individuals who would like to work with me in this capacity, you know? Um, This reading is really a space where we get to review your 2023, 
and we do the work of closure. This is a reading that will incorporate astrology, your, your birth chart, right? Your human design uh, chart, your uh, as well as divination tools, namely the tarot and the I Ching and energy work. So it's, um, it's a really blended space. We will use all these tools and we will flow um, depending on what is coming up right? And it is a transmission, it is a conversation, it is a ritual, all rolled into one. So I really hope that for those of you who feel the call to this offering, um, I hope this will be of service to you and all of the things that you want to metabolize, that you want to integrate, you want to release from 2023. And so check out the link in the show notes of this episode. And yeah, I hope to see some of you there. So I'm going to talk a little bit about, give you a little overview of the astrology of the week ahead. Um, again, if you have been following these contemplations, uh, last week was very Venus heavy, in my opinion. Uh, this week is a continuation of that. So we really get this Venus activation for this coming week. On Monday, the 4th, Venus will enter Scorpio after having been in Libra for the past few weeks. Um, on Tuesday the 5th, Venus in Scorpio trines Saturn in Pisces. On Wednesday the 6th, Neptune stations direct. On Thursday the 7th, Mercury in Capricorn trines Jupiter in Taurus. And finally, on Saturday the 9th, Venus in Scorpio opposes Jupiter in Taurus. So when I felt into the energy of the coming week, what I was really feeling was this parting of the clouds. There's a clearing of the haze that's available to us in this coming week. And I think when I when I feel into the astrology of this, I think there's something about Neptune stationing direct that feels really exciting to me, that feels really like um, uh, a mood shift, you know, and, and Neptune is... Uh, an outer planet, right? And so the outer planets often speak to forces that we don't always have personal control over. They live more in the um, subconscious, in the unconscious, in the collective realm, right? And so there's something challenging about this astrology. There's no question about it, right? Venus is entering Scorpio, which is um, a place of its detriment, right? And at the same time, it feels to me like if these dynamics that are coming up are explored through the lens of the body with the help of spirit, the results of deepening into everything that's coming up here can be really opening. So the real question, I think, the main question to explore this coming week is, what are your heart's desires? And also, where are the places in your body that feels contracted, that feels threatened by looking at these desires? What are some of my biggest fears to accessing this desire, right? What do I worry will become of me when I become the person who can go after this desire or can make this happen, right? And this goes 
deeper into our availability to work with our body around relaxing some of these fear responses. Venus in Scorpio, to me, speaks to this tension, right? Venus is a planet of desire, of pleasure, and Scorpio is a place of going deeper, of going into places that feel scary for us, places that feel taboo, places that feel um, unsafe, right? Um, What might you gain if you let yourself surrender some of these control mechanisms that have been put in place? It's actually making me think about my Pilates practice. I've practiced Pilates for a number of years now. Um, My sister is an incredible Pilates teacher. And uh, she basically made me do Pilates. And for the first few years, I was just going through the motion. And recently, the past year or so, I've, I've noticed myself opening up more to this practice. I've noticed myself becoming more available to being changed by this practice. And there are some moves in Pilates that, for me, really bring up the fear of falling. I would be on uh, the equipment, which, you know, one of the equipments is called the reformer. And um, I would be invited to work on these movements that kind of make me feel unbalanced, you know, or put me in, in situations where I'm not used to being in, right? Like this is not where my center of gravity within my body is usually placed. And so when I get set up in these positions, I get a little shaky, right? And my body is like, what if we fall? You know, what what happens, right? But with the right setup and um, with the help of the right instructor, this experience of allowing the body to to be in a position where it can potentially lose balance, where it can potentially fall, can actually lead to a greater range of motion, right? I can actually get to exercise and get to know and communicate with parts of my body that perhaps I haven't fully uh, communicated with, that I haven't allowed myself to um, feel into, right? Venus in Scorpio for me is similar to this fear, right? This fear of falling. When Venus is in Scorpio, when Venus is in the landscape of the bones, right? The underworld, the um, the darker places, the fixed water of Scorpio, there is this fear of investigation. Scorpio is a landscape that is ruled by Mars, right? Scorpio is one of Mars's homes. And so Scorpio um, often are landscapes where we're required to look at those places where having conversations, where having um, connections are hard, right? These are places that feel so deep. You know, I think about Scorpio as like the bottom of the ocean, right? Where um, perhaps not a lot of humans are able to go there. You know, Scorpio is the landscape where we need a lot of equipments. We need a lot of preparation and skill in order to be able to get to, right? And so Venus by nature, right, is so available to pleasures of the sensation, right? Pleasures that we can derive from connecting with other people, you know? And I think in the land of Venus, um, 
a lot of the conversations around Venus is beyond this idea of winning or losing, right? Whereas the conversations in the Mars landscapes often are very intensely revolving around survival, right? Um, Mars landscapes are about who gets to win here, you know, who gets to come out alive, right? Whereas the Venusian is more about how do we connect? How do we um, be with one another in ways that feel um, exciting, easeful, right? Pleasurable. And so when Venus is in Scorpio, um, it can have a really hard time. They can have a really hard time. Um, these to me, Venus and Scorpio feels like uh, naming power dynamics in relationships, right? Naming the impact of mismatched expectations. Naming the impact, the deep impact of what a person has on us, you know, that may actually be um, not their fault, right? But but this is, I think, what's important to understand about the ways that we impact one another in relationships. It actually has nothing to do with fault, and sometimes it actually has very little to do with responsibility. I think that as a culture, we are so used to talking about accountability, responsibility, which I think are really beautiful concepts, right? But also at the same time... Um, when it comes to human relating, things just get really messy, you know, and sometimes expectations are mismatched, right? Our actions are interpreted through the lens of the other person's experiences, which causes mistranslations, you know? And so I think the more we are able to make space for curiosity, um, for neutrality, the less we will have um, the less we will feel the need to take it personally, right? Because the need to take it personally implies that there is something we can do to change this person's experience. But something I've been thinking a lot about is what if, um, what if it's not about our responsibility? You know, what if, what if the conversation is not oriented towards responsibility? What else is available when we release this uh, hold that we have around responsibility. Not to say that responsibility isn't valid, right? But that um, sometimes when we are so focused on the idea of responsibility in relating, we can really miss the bigger picture, which is this desire, this bid for connection, right? And that bid for connection often simply um, looks like allowing emotional intimacy to happen. And in order for emotional intimacy to happen, there often needs to be a cracking open, right? And that cracking open is so uncomfortable. It's so vulnerable, you know? And when Venus is in Scorpio, there is this deep awareness of, I could potentially die here. You know, some parts of me can potentially um, be obliterated by being in this environment, by having this really deep, honest conversation, by naming this power dynamic, right? Something that's come up for me recently is that when I name power dynamics, I can no longer hide behind my stories of being a victim to situations. This is so confronting, right? Because when I take responsibility for my own role in the relational energetics that are present, I then 
take myself out of the story that I have been the victim into the story that I am one of the players, right, in this um, in this game or in this conversation. And what then? You know, what, what then is available, right, when I allow myself to be in that space, when I allow myself to be in the space of I get to also have a say. I get to have impact. I get to influence how this conversation goes. Um, that is so threatening to the part of me that just wants to stay small, the part of me that wants to be a victim of the situation, right? Venus and Scorpio ultimately is about getting into the space where there's opportunity, there is uh, the gift of going deeper, right? That, in fact, in order to have true, robust, vital relationship with other people, we need to go deeper into these places that are often uncomfortable, right? That can cause um, big feelings to come up, you know? Um, in order to really get close to someone, right? In order to really walk a mile in their shoes, we often have to release our attachment to what it means for us to be an, indivi an individual who holds our own unique preferences and um, feelings, right? And um, personalities, which to me are all these ego structures, right, that we create in order to survive. But when we really want to deeply relate with another person, often it requires that we at least for a moment set aside our ego structure, right? Like if I'm so attached to the idea that I am a good partner, you know, or that I am a good friend, when my partner or when my friend comes up to me and say, hey, this thing that you did makes me feel really sad makes me feel really bad, right? Then if I'm holding on to these identities of myself as a good friend, as a good partner, as a good lover, then I may have this huge activation, right? That then makes it about me. When in reality, they are actually coming to me, wanting to connect with me, wanting to feel closer to me. So my invitation for this week is what happens if you relax some of your grips around these identities that you hold, that are central to you, right? Like I said, for me, I hold this identity of like being a good friend, you know, being someone who's re reasonable, being someone that others can come to when they have a problem with me, right? Um, being someone who like does the right thing, right? And if I, for a second, allow myself to relax into the fact that I am just a human being, that I am just a person who can make a ton of mistakes, right? Then when someone comes to me and share with me their experience, I cannot make it about me, right? I can allow this person to have their experience and to be with them in that experience to offer up my presence without necessarily needing to feel like I need to be the one who saved them, 
You know, and this is this is very subtle, right? So let me go a little deeper on this. If I hold this identity that I am a good partner, when my partner comes to me and they say, hey, this thing that you did is hurtful to me, or I, I, I am hurt when you do this thing, then my first response will necessarily be trying to defend myself or trying to solve their problem, right? Because logic would, um, it would be logical for me to, if I believe that I am a good partner, to either defend my good partner self or to collapse into wanting to um, give them everything they need while abandoning my needs, right? But I think what I'm talking about here is the middle path, right? What does that middle path look like? What does holding true space look like? How can I hold space for another person's experience while also holding space for my own? And I think the gift of doing that, right, of not um, getting so attached to my own identities of I am a good partner or I am a good student or I am a good friend is that I then get to look at the different layers of the dynamics, right? That the different layers of the dynamics are always present. That yes, me and my partner are in this container that we're calling our partnership, right? So we're partners and we're also friends and we're also just fellow human beings, right? And we're also souls who are on our individual path to um, coming home to source, right? And so to me, when I release my attachment to one of these identities that I've been hanging on to so strongly, what becomes available is I get to see the ecosystem of relationships that I hold with this person. And when I am cognizant, when I let myself hold the vast possibility of these different ways of relating, me not being a good partner in that moment doesn't feel so scary anymore. Right? I can let go of my attachment to that. I can maybe even step into like, oh yeah, I really see that. And maybe there is something about how I treat my partner that I do want to change, right? That um, that then is not a space for defensiveness, not a space for what are we going to do about this, but rather a space of like, oh yeah, I have space to feel you. I have space to connect with you. I have space to embrace you. I also want to speak about Mercury being in Capricorn because this week, Mercury in Capricorn will try and Jupiter in Taurus. Mercury is about communication, right? Jupiter is about beliefs. And Mercury in Capricorn to me is oriented towards the, pra the practical aspects of being alive, right? The practical aspects of the ways that we relate to one another, um, and then Jupiter has more to do with the philosophical aspect, right? Jupiter is interested in understanding what is the truth of the situation here? What is the philosophical underpinning here? So with both planets being in Earth signs, to me, there is something so 
profound here. There is opportunity for communicating, right, about seemingly mundane aspects of our situations, of the ways that we relate to one another, of the ways that we create containers where we can relate with one another, um, through allowing our bodies to really take the lead here and to, I think, also um, continue to ground into the earth, right? The earth has its own frequency. And I think when we allow ourselves to deepen into the energy of the earth, we feel into, ah, yes, this is the pace that feels right for me. This is the rhythm that feels right for me. I want to invite us with Mercury being uh, in a trine to Jupiter to really listen to our bodies, right? There are ways in which um, our minds can get in the way of um, our communications, you know, where we orient towards what we should be doing, you know, when actually our bodies are these treasure troves of wisdom. Our bodies are always telling us exactly where we are and maybe even showing us where we would want to be. I think a very practical implication of this is we may feel with Mercury trining Jupiter that there's opportunity for us to really tend to our nervous systems. I can only speak for myself personally, but the past few weeks have been a little challenging for me in terms of sleeping well, of truly resting. I think this week there is opportunity for that. There's opportunity to look at our stories around um, what it means to be a person who takes up that space, right? To care for themselves, to um, to really give ourselves the permission to to rest, right? To um, give our bodies what feel pleasurable, you know. And finally, I think also um, this transit feels supportive because we also have Venus opposing Jupiter right? This is the two benefics looking at one another. This is love and hope having a real exchange, having a real conversation with one another, right? At the same time, opposition brings up tension, and tension can bring up fear responses. And so the next time you find yourself moving from your fear responses, right, from fight or flight or fawn or freeze, I invite you to pause. I invite you to feel into how it would feel like if you orient from pleasure, right? And this is how I personally do this. When I'm in a fear response, I imagine myself resetting, right? Like clearing all of my fear responses. Maybe I take a shower or maybe I let myself lie down on the floor for a few minutes or I try to talk to someone that um, naturally I feel is available for a certain amount of levity, right? I, 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 I think that so often in this culture, we uh, think that in order to work with difficult emotions or difficult sensations, we need to continue deepening into it, right? And I don't think this is true. I think the the truth, um, this couldn't be further from the truth, right? I think oftentimes when something is very painful, often what we need to do is make space for that pain, right? Make space for activations. And also sometimes, for me, I am not available to go into full activation mode around these pains, right? What I need to do is to take a walk, 
what I need to do is to uh, remove myself from the intensity of the situation and give myself some nourishment, right? Give myself some ease. So when I am in fear responses, what I found to be helpful is to give myself space. And then from that space, really start to deepen into what would pleasure feel like in my body, right? As an exercise, bring up the last time I felt deep, nourishing pleasure in my body. And then from that place, maybe even ask, right? What does joy feel like in my body? What does buoyancy feel like in my body? You know, and then I think we get to start to access these resource states, right? These are states where we feel resourced, pleasure, joy, hope, expansiveness. And if that feels hard, maybe even asking ourselves, if I have a magic wand and I can get or I can feel anything I want, what would I feel? And then let yourself go there. Right? Like sometimes for me, this actually looks a little bit extreme. You know, maybe I'm sad and what I want to feel is happiness. And then I let myself laugh, you know, hysterically. And then in that laughter, I get to release, right, some of the stress. I maybe get to release some of the tears. And then from that space, you can make a decision. How do you want to deal with this conversation? or deal with this relationship, or deal with this project? How do I want to, to be, and who do I want to be, right, in this situation? The other day, I was um, looking at this post on Instagram. I'm going to pull it up, actually, because I think this is quite uh, profound. It's by um, a person named Jonathan Mead, and they were talking about... Um, playing life on hard mode, right? And what they mean by that is that a lot of us are kind of operating from this place of like, what is the next thing I need to address, right? Where is my next healing uh, spiral, you know? Like, what are my responsibilities, right? And they were talking about where this energy, where this thought form can be stored in the body. And I thought it was really profound because I'm going to read you some of the things that they uh, wrote here. Um, one of the, the signs, the symptoms of living on hard mode is having a hard time making decision and regularly think about what we should do instead of um, what we want to do or what other people want right? And then the other uh, symptom is carrying chronic tension in our face, our jaw, our neck, like we're wearing a mask of performance. Maybe there's tightness in our chest, you know, there's this heaviness from holding back our true feelings. There's this feeling of um, challenge around allowing ourselves to fully relax, and even um, self-care can feel like a chore. And then um, spending a lot of time carrying the burden of what we should be doing, right? And whether we have the capacity to get it all done. So these are all things that I wanted to bring into this conversation 
And thank you, Jonathan Mead, by the way, for this brilliant summary. Um, because I feel that this is a starting point for a lot of us, right? When we feel that tension in our jaw or when it feels like our face is constantly in this like stress posture, right? We can give ourselves the grace to release a little bit, you know? And as Venus enters Scorpio, I think we are invited into some of this deeper work. You know, we are invited into some of these places where we hold tension, where we hold fear, right? And when we allow ourselves to go there, there's such medicine. What happens if we bring pleasure, if we bring joy, if we bring hope into these places, right? Where are we operating from that hard mode that we can maybe now release a little bit? that maybe we can give ourselves the grace to not carry anymore. So, yeah, thank you so much for sitting with me and contemplating the week. That is all I'm going to share by way of contemplation. I hope this is helpful for you. I hope this feels like an exhale, that this feels like a balm, and that this gives you some ideas about how to move through the week that can feel um opening to you. Again, I am so excited about some of the astrology of this week because the energy feels so different to me. It feels like a sh uh, an unshackling. And so I really hope that that's how it feels like for you. And if you feel called to process um, 2023, I would love to do that with you. I would love to... Um, to see you for this year behind reading if that offering feels resonant with you um and yeah i am one thing i will say about that that offering is that i will only offer that offer this um reading for a limited amount of time so i'm going to close the booking by next week um monday the 11th and so if this is something that calls to you, I welcome you to, um, yeah, book this reading with me if you feel like it would be supportive to your process. All right. Thank you so much for being here. I bow to you. I honor you wherever you're at in your journey. And I'm sending you so much love. I look forward to sharing space again with you whenever you feel like tuning in. Thank you. Take care.